guys look so nice. As a matter of fact, I'm just going to stand here and look at y'all for a while. Uh, thank you for your beautiful smiles uh, that encourages. Um, the theme scripture is on the wall. Uh, we're going to read that together. Um, I pray that we could be like the children and learn the scripture. So that whenever anything happens in your life, you can bring the word up and say one, two, three. Jesus is alive and he lives in me. And I got rights because I'm a child of God. Changes everything, right? All right, let's read the word together. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those whom believe in his name. All right? As we look at it, he says, number one, you got to receive them. Because you receive them, you have a right. And your right changes. You become a child of God instantaneously. But there's something that goes with that is that you got to believe who you are. It says, to those who what? If you are a believer, go ahead and shout, I believe. I believe. Give somebody high five and seal the deal. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Because, because you are standing for it, you are signifying it, and you really believe it. You're a child of God. You're giving somebody a high five. You know, when you're at the Raider game and you cheering for your team and they score, you give them high five because you're believing for them. Right now, you are believing for Jesus. Amen. And, and you know it. You got it so in your spirit. I'm excited about it. And nothing can change it. No matter what the enemy tries. I got to say that before we get into this word. Because he will try. But he can't win. The fight is already fixed. And all you got to do is believe it. That's good stuff. All right. All right. I want to... Um, read one scripture. It's coming from Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. And then we're going to turn to John chapter 1. But I want to read this one, this one verse. Yeah. Knowing that, knowing that one by heart. Acts 1 and 8. We there? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for all that you've done through your son, Jesus. That through his death and his resurrection, we became joint heirs with you. 
true children of God. And nothing can be done to change that, God. So we thank you for having a plan that could do nothing except work. And now, Father, as you gathered us here today, we declare that we need you. You said in your word that you are a very present help in the time of need. So thank you in advance for giving us the help that we need right now. And Father, as we come, we come to worship, we come to receive what you have, we come to be changed by you, we come to fall deeper in love with you. And we thank you, God, for this divine relationship that words cannot explain. And now, Lord, as we're in your presence, I ask, Lord, that you would help me in the area of decrease, that you would push me down and out of your way so that, Father, I could be used by you. Consecrate me as only you can so that after all is said and done, your children will look to you and glorify you. And we, your children, will be edified through your word. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. All the children of God shout amen. 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 Acts chapter number one. Luke writes, but you shall receive power. Read that again. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. I'm going to stop right there. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Not might. You shall. Breaking news. The Holy Spirit has come upon you. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and tell your neighbor, say, I got the power. Mm-hmm. Knowing that you have the Holy Spirit power, you, get, you have to understand that your body does not need your power anymore. You are limited, but his spirit is limitless. Now turn to John, chapter number one. I mean, chapter number 20, I'm sorry. Verse number one.
will skip some verses, but I'll let you know when it's, when it's time to skip. Beginning at verse 1, it says, Now the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the t tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and that's John, and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb. And we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out, the other disciple, and the other disciple, and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together. And the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb. And he was stooping down and looking in and saw the linen of clothes lying there. Yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. And he saw the linen of clothes there and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen of clothes, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own home. Let's skip over to verse 14. Now, when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Who are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say teacher. And Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. But go to the brethren and say to them, I am ascending to the Father. My, I am ascending to my Father and your Father and, hallelujah, to my God and your God. Mm -mm. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. Somebody say then. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for the fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. 
When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Amen. I want to stop right there and look back at verse number 17. As Jesus says to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. But go, but go to the brethren. And then he talks about a relationship that you have. He says, tell them I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to the brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father and my God and your God. Jesus says not only is he my father, but he's your father. Not only is it Jesus, but he's your father. Not only is he Jesus God, but he's your God. So Jesus says, inclusively, we're in this together. But it did not happen until he breathed on him. I want to look at Jesus describing the relationship. And I want you to keep in mind that we received power when the Holy Spirit came. And I want to talk to you about the power in the relationship. You may be seated. I want to expose to you, um, number one, where the enemy has been trying to attack you because the enemy is not worried about your job. He is not worried about your money. He, he is not worried about uh, not even your health. The enemy, the enemy is really after your faith because he knows if you believe God, you whoop him. If you can just believe God, you win in every area of your life. And so, there is always these attempts to try to discourage a believer. And so we also live in this life where it's called um, things just happen. In life, things happen. You live, you die. You get sick, you get well. Uh, things happen. Um, and so we live this life and it, it's according to um, how we approach things, we could either be encouraged or discouraged. And God gives us his word so that we are encouraged. He made you his so that you are encouraged. And while you are yet encouraged, the enemy is trying to work on you every day through the news, through the media, and he's even trying to work through you through people. Everybody is not out for your best interest. Right. 
And what I have learned is even when people are out for your best interest, they make mistakes. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I've just been around some folk that made mistakes before and to tell the whole truth about it, I didn't mean to do some of the things that I did, but I did do some things that I am not proud of. Am I, am I talking to the right people today? Can, can we just embrace the very fact that we are God's people? And just, just because we are God's people doesn't mean that we won't make mistakes. Some of the things that has happened in our lives has caused us to not believe. And I want you to believe God for everything that he has said about you. Um, number one, number one, I want you to believe that all your sins have been nailed to the cross. I want you to believe that there was a Friday and they, on that Friday there was a crucifixion. On that crucifixion, I believe um, in, in 1 Corinthians it talks about that he who knew no sin had to become sin and all the sin got nailed to the cross. And that is the crucifixion, which is known as Good Friday, um, which means that it doesn't mean that we should um, do whatever we want to do, but it means that God has already nailed everything that is trying to condemn you to the cross. Hallelujah. Therefore, you are his child and it's his job to clean you up. The, the other thing I want you to understand, if sin was nailed to the cross, that means that now you have life. The wages of sin is death. All sin got nailed to the cross, so now you have life. The other thing that you have to understand is that healing has come. So Jesus is the bomb in Gilead. He is the healer. He heals spiritually, he heals emotionally, and he heals physically. And without him, there is no healing. And on that Friday, that Thursday night, he took 39 stripes on his back so that healing can be released. So how many of you can believe that there is a healer? It doesn't matter what the doctor says. It matters what he says. He can heal anything at any given time. As a matter of fact, there's stuff that you thought you would never heal from and healed you from it anyway. And the truth be told, the thing that you was complaining about has made you better. Mm -hmm. Has God ever showed up and healed you? And you, now you know him as the healer of who he is. So we got to know him as a healer. We got to know him as a deliverer as he delivered us from sin. But then he was not done. He wanted us to know that he was the all-powerful, the omnipotent God. Thereby, death is the one thing that they tried to do. They tried to kill him. But they couldn't kill him. He had to lay down his life because there was a plan. If you're going to write down any notes today, I want you to write down, number one, God has a plan. Say it. Even when it looks like things are not going to work, say it. Even when everybody turns their back on you, say it. Not that. God has a plan. Even when somebody turns their back on you, even when you mess up, all right? So if we get that so in our spirit, no matter what happens to you at what point in your life, God has a plan. Well, preacher, 
I know he has a plan, but I'm just down right now, and this is happening, and that is happening, and this is happening, and the other thing is happening. Let me tell you something about God's plan. God works in a circular motion. He does not stop when you're down. If you're down, you ought to be excited because God is taking you up. Say, God has a plan. Oftentimes, we get upset because of the things happening in our life that are bringing us down. And some things you do yourself to bring yourself down. But God wants you to know that even when you mess up, it does not mess up his plan. God has a plan that when it looks drastically bad, he shows up and makes the best of something drastically bad. And so we see the third point, uh, the second point. If we understand that he has a plan, it is not your responsibility to work it out. It is your responsibility to believe that God will work it out. So no, not only does he have a plan, but God will work it out. It is not up to your thinking. Your thinking will get in God's way and delay God from working it out. God does not call you to think out anything. Well, preacher, the word says, so as a man thinketh, so as he, no, it don't say that. It says, so as a man thinketh in his heart, where God dwells. Your mind messes things up because the truth be told, we think we know too much. Always trying to correct somebody. Just because you know the scripture doesn't mean you use the scripture to beat somebody up with it. Jesus never used the beat up. He used the word to raise up. And if you're where it will lift somebody up, you're giving a word out of season. That means you got in it and didn't let God work it out. That means sometimes you just need to be still. You don't have to say nothing. Just know that God will work it out. And get happy about it. What are you happy about? God will work it out. Work word out. Everything that's going on in my life, every wrinkle that I got, I don't need an ironing board because God will press everything out. God will work whether we like it or not. The issue is, do we like to press? And so, if we understand that he will work it out, the third thing I want to give you, once you know he has a plan, once you know he'll work it out, the next thing you got to do is go and tell everybody about God's plan and he'll work it out. That's good news. You know, we run around and we talk about stuff that's not doing nobody no good. 
We're going to talk about that will depress somebody. Want to talk about what's going wrong. Understand that God is at work always. And even those should know he's working it out for the good. Let me tell you something. There's some stuff you went one way and had no idea that you would get to the place that he got you to and bring what looked toe up back into formation because you didn't have no hope, but he had the hope of glory that he had already put in you that was going to bring what needed to be brought back to order. Even before you asked for it to be put in order, God will work it out. You ought to share the good news because God don't quit. God will work out things to be way better than you could have ever imagined. And so we're faced with John writes to us to explain this resurrection this day that is celebrated all across America, Easter Day. The, the day the bunny hide the egg. The day we, we dress up and, and get the chocolate and, you know, we, 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 we have all this stuff in our mind. But it's truly the day that should be celebrated every day. Because if it wasn't for this day, we'd be all waking up dead. This day. So in, in the text, in the text, you know, do you know that the church always tries to put man's ideas in it? That's why I try to give you the word of God, because this ain't about man. This is about God's plan. And man tries to mess up God's plan. And so John writes to us, and he writes and he talks about what had happened. Good Friday had happened. The disciples had been with Jesus, and Jesus told them, look, look, bro, hey, I, I got to go. And, and I'm coming back. And all will be made to stumble. I'm going to say that again. And all will be made to stumble. Because when somebody mess up, you be looking at their mess up, and you once stumble away from being just like them. And the only thing, the only reason why you're not stumbling right now is because God's grace is holding you. Say this is a God thing. And so, and so, he, he, he says, he says, Mary Magdalene was asleep, but God woke her up. He woke her up before he woke anybody else up. Well, well, who is this chick, Mary Magdalene? Oh, she must be Mary, the one who gave birth to Jesus' sister. Oh, she must be somewhere, some dear, oh, just high up there. Because why would she be woken up? Well, wait, let me, let me explain to you who Mary was. Mary Magdalene was a woman who was vexed with seven demons. 
And Jesus came and evicted every demon and delivered her from all those demons. And when he delivered her, she was so caught up in the deliverer that she would wake up when she hears his voice. I want to talk to the people who have an ear to hear from the Lord because he delivered them from what they got delivered from. Is there anybody in here who was ever held up, locked up, in bondage, but Jesus? The deliverer. That's why I always say I like I like people who just got saved to pray for me. Because anybody just got saved, they're not caught up on memorizing scripture. They ain't caught up in trying to be proper. They happy that they are delivered. They glad those demons let them go. They're so happy about Jesus, all they can do is talk about Jesus. Now, they're the ones that can get a prayer through because they don't care who's talking about them. They don't care what you want in church. This woman hears the voice of Jesus, and she gets up. The Bible said she runs to the tomb because... That's where her savior was. Wait a minute. He was supposedly dead. But there was something in her that kept her running. I want to know, is there something in you that even though it looked dead, <laughs> whoo, that you will keep on running? The Bible says, now, you, can, you might argue and say, well, she might have got, went to sleep at 6 o'clock. Everybody else stayed up until 2 or 3 in the morning. The Bible says that she was the last one at the cross. When everybody else had left, she was still there, captivated by what was happening with God. Not what was happening with the people, but what was happening with Jesus. I want to talk to the folks who are looking at Jesus and not looking at people. Oh, goodness. If you get your eyes off of people long enough, you can see a move of God that only the supernatural could see. Oh, goodness, goodness. Mary gets up. She, she, she can't help it. Uh, you ever just can't help it but just feel like being closer to God? Something, something's just stirring in you. You move past foolishness. Huh? And, and you get to a place, and, and she just, she gets there, and, and all she wanted to see was what was left of him. He might not be breathing, but I just want to see him. He might not be doing nothing, but if I could just see him. Oh, goodness. Have you ever thought Jesus wasn't doing nothing? Where you at, Jesus? And, 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 and the thing about it is, you're asking him, where's he at? Because you just want to see him. You, as a matter of fact, he may not even have to do nothing for you if you could just see him. You just feel so alone. This woman felt so alone. She gets there. 
And she says, where, where he at? So she starts talking to an angelic being because she's so distraught. Do you know sometimes you'll be so distraught that God will send somebody in your life? That's an angel. And you don't even recognize it was until later on in life you've never seen the person again. God, God, God will just use somebody in your life. The woman starts talking to him. And, and the thing about it is she calls him a gardener. What would what, you do with him? You know, tell me something. You know, sometimes you got to get so desperate. You got to hook up with somebody. You're going to help me find Jesus. I can't seem to find them. You ever get to that point? See, God will partner you with somebody that will help you find your way back to Jesus. This woman, he said, uh, who are you looking for? She said, I'm looking for the teacher. And then the Bible says, because she said it, there he was. Ah. See, if you can speak it, See, it's time out for speaking the trouble. Let's speak the solution. She said, I'm looking for the teacher. He said, Mary. <laughs> Look, she had saw him, but didn't know it was him. But when he spoke, she knew it was him. I want you to know that God is speaking to you. Some of you came this morning saying, Lord, you need to speak to me today. God told me to tell you he's given you power that you have not tapped into. But because you came today, you are going to tap into this power because he's in relationship with you and he's going to release some things in your life that you have been struggling with. I want all the people who are tired of struggling to give God a praise on credit. Thank you, Lord. He gets to her. And she says, now get this, this is the part that really, because I, I, I love God, because he, he just really just puts it down in there. Because they, they, they teach on Good Friday the seven last words, right? But, but they don't talk about, well, today I'm going to talk about one of the first words of Jesus, right? So, so notice, note, note, note this on Jesus. Uh, women, uh, God loved him some years. L let me say that again. Women, God loves him some of you. The, the, the church, the church has said that men have to lead the church and women should not be preachers. Um, I have to, I have to beg to differ, not because I said so, but we got to look at the text. Can you put verse 17 on the wall? Because you have to see the very first preacher that God uses in the New Testament. It was not Paul. It was not Luke. And upon this rock, I'll build my church, and it was not Peter. Uh, 
Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I am not yet ascended to my father, but go to the brother and say, and go to my brother, but you go to my brother and say to them, wait a minute, you go and preach to, oh goodness, wait, 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 woman, I'm going to use you, you're a preacher, Mary, you got delivered from all of that stuff so that I could send you forward to bring the first word to the people of God, go tell them. The good news. And that they have a relationship. That they had nothing to do with. So Mary, she goes and she tells them. She tells the disciples that Jesus is alive. Oh. Is that good news? Do you know, I, I looked at that and I, I said, wow. She comes and she brings them good news. I would think that they would have got so happy about the good news that they would have been shouting everywhere. But they're like us. We get good news in a bad circumstance. And we make a choice to believe the circumstance over the news. Let me tell you why. The reason why we do that is because of three things. You ready for them? One, fear. Two, worry. Three, doubt or unbelief. Three things. Fear, worry, and doubt. So verse 19, we there, verse 19, they said, it, 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 it said that, um, Jesus said, verse 19, now check this out. They got the news that Jesus had risen. Then he said, the same, that same day? Have you ever got good news? And know you should believe the good news, but want to stay stuck on the bad news. Let me tell you why. Because of what it looks like. I was talking, and I don't like to say who I was talking to, but I was talking, and they were giving me all the bad news. And I gave them good news. I, I, this was good news. I said, God's going to work it out. How you know, Pastor? God has a plan. Yeah, Pastor, but it's hard to believe. And the question became, why was it hard to believe? And then I got my answer. Fear, doubt, and worry. Fear, doubt, and worry. So check this out. Fear will cause you to go into isolation. You will lock yourself up behind a door. 
called fear. You will lock yourself up behind a door called doubt. And you will lock yourself up behind two doors that have worry. Two of them. And that's what the disciples did. And Jesus shows up. He says, while they were locked up, and I'm going to tell you, all of them were there, doubt, fear, and worry. They said, Jesus showed up. I got breaking news for you. You can doubt, you can worry, and you can fear. But it will not stop Jesus from showing up in your life. He's going to show up. You cannot keep Jesus out. Jesus will not stay out of your life. The Bible says, while the doors was locked up, Whoa, Jesus showed up. Locked up in their stuff. Locked up in their fear. But it couldn't keep Jesus out. He, he, he didn't even have to kick the door down. He said, I'm omnipotent. I'm going to do the thing that will trip you out. And so he steps into a room without using a door that was all walled up. And here's Jesus and the disciples saw him. And they were afraid. So Jesus says, I'm going to give you one thing. You have to attach to this power. And if you attach to this power, then those three things have to leave. He says, I am the prince of peace. Jehovah, shalom. So he don't say fear, get out. He don't say worry, get out. He don't say doubt, get out. He says, peace, I give you. He gives us peace, and we choose to operate in something that he did not give us because we weren't trained. We were trained by another master. That master has been defeated. Let his training go. You have a new training. Receive the peace of God. So he says, peace. So that those three things would leave. On that day, he gives them peace. And he said this. There was a disciple that wasn't there. Jesus had nail prints in his hand. They wanted to see proof. Most of us have not operated in the power that God has given you because you're from Missouri. The show me state. And God has shown you enough for you to just trust them. 
See, now, now get this. If you trust him, that means you believe him. The issue with the disciples is when he told them, peace be with you, they didn't believe him. We can't get too hard on them. Because there's a whole lot that God has told you and you don't believe it. But today, you about to get free. So he says to, to them, he, he, he knew that they didn't receive it. So in verse 21, so Jesus said to them again, peace to you. Say, I get it. Now, now, how can, how can you operate in anger, frustration, doubt, and worry when you have a choice to receive his peace? Well, pastor, you just don't know what I'm going through. Yeah, I do. I may not know the exacts, but I do know this. God will work it out. Go back to that again. God will work it out. Look somebody in the eye. God will work it out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So they didn't receive the peace. So he comes back again and he says, peace to you. Now, now get it. He, he prescribes it this time. He says, as the Father has sent me, I got a plan for you. I'm going to empower you, and I'm going to send you. I'm going to send you. I'm going to send you healed, set free, and delivered. I'm going to send you beat up and restored. I'm going to send you. See, see, God said, I can't send you out when you got it all together. Because you'll think you did it. I got to make you useful. So you got to go through some stuff. And, 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 so, and so he said, he said to them, you got the peace for it. Now get this, verse 22. Here we go. Y'all ready? We're almost ready. We're going to go home. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Do you remember God created Adam and he was just laying there? Just a created thing, but God breathed life into him. And life became of man. But God wasn't done yet. Because life was something man could have control over. So he said, I got to give you a new life. So Jesus, the plan, the plan, the plan is... I got to send you to die, and the very thing that was holding them in death, I'm going to nail to the cross. And when they, look, when you get whooped all night long, they're going to they get healing for everything that they've ever been through. Oh, goodness. He said, he said but the plan ain't over yet. They're going to bury you in a tomb. And when they bury you in the tomb, we're going to go back and have our next meeting. And while we're in the tomb and they're afraid, Peace is being built up. 
And God says, and my son, our breath is being united together so that when you breathe this time, I'm not going to breathe. I'm going to let you breathe. And when you breathe, you send holiness in. Oh, God. He said, son, I gave him life the first time. This time, I'm going to give him power. So he breathed his Holy Spirit into them. Oh, goodness. Now, get this. Get this. It, it would be something if he just breathed it. Because sometimes uh, he give us stuff and we don't receive it. He give you a way out. And he told you the way out. And you stay stuck on stupid. I'm not forgiving them. They didn't apologize. Oh, that was too much. They, oh, they never should have did that. And then five years later, you did what they did. I'm not going to get y'all stuff. <laughs> he, he, he says, uh, he says, I'm a breathe eternity. I'm, I, oh, goodness. Uh, God says, this was our sister. I made it man so that we could be together. The devil tried to destroy man, but I whooped him. So now they have peace. It runs away the fear. It runs away the doubt. It runs away the worry. But they need power now. What kind of power? They need holy power. So Jesus... I believe the disciples sat there like, what are you doing? <laughs> Jesus, because he is the commander. And what he says has to be. Ooh, if Jesus says it, it's going to be. Uh, that's why I don't trip when people say, well, God told me to do it and I just didn't do it. Well, let me tell you something. If God tell me to do it, I'll do it. Even when I don't want to do it. Why? Because he has control of me. God is omnipotent. If you're saying he told you to do something and you didn't do it, that's saying that you're more powerful than God. God told them, receive it. All of them went, and was Filled with the power of a relationship that would shift the world and it would never be the same again. Now, he has given you and I this right to become children of God through him coming back and choosing you and giving you a breath of his holiness. It's a shame that the church could be filled with this much power and we're still talking about what one another did wrong. Jesus was on the cross. 
one brother was saying, hey, you Jesus, take yourself down, bro. The other cat was saying, if you are, I believe. Just believing changes everything. And God is going to make you a believer. Your enemy tried to make you a believer through fear. God did not give you the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. What do you have? Love, power, and a sound mind. What do you have? Love, power, and a sound mind. That's what God delivered to you when he breathed his breath in you, which means you have everything that it takes. If you just believe. Shout, I believe. I believe. Do you really believe? I believe. Do you really believe? I believe. <laughs> All right. I, I want you to, I want, can you put Matthew um, 28, 17 on the board? Because these are the disciples. They, they shouted they believed too. They did. When they saw him, they worshiped because they believed. But what did it say? But some doubted. Can we just be real in here? That doubt be creeping in? Even while you're believing, it be slithering through the cracks. Right? Trying to give you unbelief. What am I saying? We, the church, got to keep believing together. That's why he brought us together. And the enemy is trying to get us divided. Because when we come together, then we could do anything. But while we're divided, we are limited. And so we have to be smart, smarter than the devil and believe God. So when you come in to worship, it doesn't matter what's going wrong. Oh, so-and-so just had on a short dress. You used to wear one shorter than that. Just because God cleans you up, let him clean her up. Oh, did you see so-and-so rolling their eyes? Oh, so oh, he didn't have to give all that praise. Oh, he was showing off. Oh, all that. Why? How can we just can't thank God that he allows us to come together? That while we're yet different, we are coming together. And with all of our differences, we can reach all of those souls that are wandering around, waiting to hear the good news. But we come to church and we leave and we tell the ones who are waiting for good news a whole bunch of garbage. But not no more. receive they worship but some doubt it so we 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 don't deal with the something because when when you doubt 
you hold back the power of God. Now turn to Mark 16 because we're going to see Jesus. He helps the doubters too. He helps the doubters. Sixteen eleven, Mark sixteen eleven. And when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they what? Did not believe. Okay, they heard it, they didn't believe it. There's a whole lot you heard and you haven't believed it. Let me tell you why. Believing dictates your behavior. When you believe God, you will act like it. Verse twelve. After that, he appeared to another form to, to two of them as they walked and went into the country. So he said, I got to keep proving myself because it's helping the believer. Verse 13. And they went and told it to the rest, but they did not believe either. Isn't it something that you go and share the good news and they don't believe? That doesn't mean you give up on them because one plant another waters, but God will grant the increase. God will take care of their unbelief. It is our job to give them the good news. Verse 14. Later, he appeared to the 11 as they sat at the table and he rebuked their unbelief. Wait a minute. Oh, goodness. Who rebuked the unbelief? Jesus. And when Jesus rebukes it, that means it can't come back again. So he satisfies the believer by rebuking the unbelief and pushes them into believing. And Jesus says, he rebukes your unbelief so you can believe him holy today. Verse 15. And he said to them, you have an assignment. I've given you this power in relationship so you can go and do what I chose you to do. Everybody needs to hear about my resurrection power. We got to quit picking and choosing who we want to minister to. We stay away from the ones who need us most. We can share. And I don't mean you got to have three points and a poem for a sermon. You have to be the living epistle that he resurrected you for. Hallelujah. When he came back, he came back for you. You got to make this personal. He came back to give you power. Power what? So you can resist the enemy. You, you have been equipped with every form of godliness. God gave it to you already. And all you have to do is stop lying to yourself. Let me tell you the lie that you say. It's hard. It's hard to do right. Really? Right is doing you. All you got to do is give in. That's why he says, in 1 John 4 and 4, he says, greater 
is he that's in you. You only can operate in wrong for so long because his goal is to get you right. He's empowered you to have the right relationship. Let me tell you why. His spirit is in you. And when you connect spirit to spirit, you can activate the power. A lot of you walking around with all this power with no activation. I have the authority to Jesus' name. Yeah, you got authority, but you won't activate it. Because you're too focused on up here instead of in here. And he's on the inside. And so when you get focused on him, there's an agreement. It has to be an agreement for the power of God to flow. And so you agree with him. Get out of your mind and into your heart. And agree that God has given me the power. And if I'm in agreement, the power is activated. Now I can go, according to Matthew 18 and 19, and ask God anything. And because I'm in agreement with him, I can connect with another brother. See, this is all about connection and relationship. First, you got to connect with him. That will make you want to connect with others. When I was young, there was a, 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 a cartoon. It was called Wonder Twins. And nothing would happen. They would be getting whooped all over the place. But if they happened to come together. Now, that's why the enemy is always trying to fight in relationships. Because he knows if two come together, Wonder Twins. Activate, and you can accomplish anything. Because the power of God gets released through the relationship. And God has empowered you to first connect with him. Get out of your head. It all happened. But he has a plan. He's going to work it out. So we're going to worship him while he does. Amen. I want all the people who are delivered from fear, worry, and doubt to get up and give God a praise. As, as God has promised us that he would work it out even when they nailed his son to the cross, look what he did. Without them nailing him to the cross, our sins would still be on us. So, so listen, he says we got to become like him. So when we go through our sufferings, God is using that power in your suffering to bring others to Christ. This is not about you. This is about the power of God that is in you. He has a plan. 
no matter how bad it looks or how much it hurts, he's going to work it out. So here's what we got to do. Because you believe he's going to work it out, go and share with as many as you can how God is going to work out your situation. That's good news. Ephesians 3 and 20 on the board. That's good news. He's going to work it out. Just so you know, he's going to work it out. And while, listen, how do you know he's going to do it? He's able. Has he proven himself to you? He's done some stuff in your life that couldn't nobody do. That's the proof. Now, when he gives you something where where only he can solve, go tell somebody the good news. God is going to work this out. And he said, how do you know? Because he has a plan. What's the plan? Be still and see the salvation of God, he promised. He says, now to him who is able to do what? Exceedingly, abundantly, of all that we ask or think. Stop right there. All, we, we, ask God for, we can ask God for some stuff. He said, I'll, I'll exceed that. I think of, of, of some tremendous ways God, God said, I'll exceed that. I'm sure Moses said, God, you could give me a boat and I'll go across the water. God says, I'll exceed that. Not only am I, I'm going to do something, I'm going to part the sea. I know you weren't thinking about that, Moses. See, God will do stuff you can't think of. And then Moses walked across, and he was so happy about walking across dry land, he was shouting about that, and God said, turn around. I told you. I'll take care of your enemies right in your face. And then he drowned them. That's how your God functions for you. Above all, you could think according to what? That works where? Where is it at? Where is it at? Where is it at? You got the power. This Power is the greatest relationship because God did it. And through this relationship, all other relationships get held together. Amen. And we're going to leave.